Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So there you are at dinner. And it's you know, five or six of you. You've made your order. You're having good conversation. The waiter comes, or the person who's supposed to, you know, complete the order, brings the food. And there's the one person who, the whole time, was trying to figure out what they're going to order. They finally landed on something. The waiter puts the food in front of them. The waiter says, does everything look good? And everyone goes, you know, the ubiquitous, uh-huh, yes, yes, okay. We haven't even touched it yet. And then they leave. The person who's struggling with the order, this isn't what I ordered. I... I don't know about this. Like, well, you can tell the waiter. Like, is that if that's not what you ordered? Then tell the waiter. I don't want to bother them. <laughs> Isn't the customer's always right? This was my mother when I was sixteen. My mom would not flag the waiter down to say this is not what I ordered. The waiter goes by. The waiter does not see because the attempt to get the waiter was, you know, a little hand. Have you ever sat at a table with someone like this? Maybe it was you? <laughs> My 16-year-old self would just say, waiter! <laughs> My mom's order's not right. Finally, gets the right order. Well, I have the patron saint for you today. That is... This woman who basically sneaks up behind Jesus in order to be healed. Now, I'm sure many of us have been in situations, maybe not ordering a meal, but entering into a situation because that is where this woman is entering into, a place that we are unfamiliar with. Maybe for those who weren't thinking of law school, if you've ever been into a courtroom, even when court is not in session, there's something about a courtroom. And then when it's in session, there's something about the gravity. Just a little reminder, courtrooms actually are reminiscent of the altar and the church because canon law, which is where all of our law basically derives from historically, it all echoes from the church. That we know this feeling where we need something, something needs to change, and we're just hesitant, or we don't know really what to do about it, because we're afraid. The woman who sought to be healed this morning, if you were to read closely the text, she is entering into something that's already in motion. She sees as she approaches the ruler of the synagogue, so one of the most prominent men in town, Jairus. And she's heard about his daughter being sick. In fact, she's heard about this daughter being sick for as long as she's had this issue of the flow of blood. Twelve years. And as she gets closer to Jesus in her mind, you know, I can't interrupt him. I, I'm not going to put myself in the middle of things. All I'm going to do is I'm just going to come up behind and if I can just touch the hem of the garment. Jairus is 
prostrate before Jesus, begging him to come and heal his daughter who's dying. And it's not just a scene of Jesus, Jairus, and then the apostles and the woman having... There is a throng, it tells us. And throughout this passage, you can feel the intensity of the pushing in of the people desiring to hear Jesus. Or at least to see what Jesus is going to say and what Jesus is going to do. You can see in her mind, you can think with her as she pushes through this crowd. I'm not worthy of this. I really shouldn't be here. Technically, because of the flow of blood that she had, she was, according to the law, unclean. She wasn't really supposed to be around other people. She's supposed to stay at home. Can you imagine this? Twelve years of she was obeying the law, she hadn't been out of home amongst people for twelve years. And now, I mean, I feel after a week of being sick or something like that, to go out into Walmart or to go into you know, a populated place and suddenly like all these people, because you just got used to being by yourself. Twelve years of loneliness. And not only just loneliness, she has spent every dime that she has in order to try to treat the sickness. She is coming into the midst of a pact of a, it says thronged. And in the middle of a conversation where the head ruler of the synagogue, tears running down his face, is begging Jesus to come and heal. And this is where she just quietly comes behind and touches the hem of his garment. Now for her, this courage, this desperation... This, whatever the cost, I must get close to Jesus. I don't even have to talk to him. I just need to be close to him and touch not even his hands or his body, but just his clothing. And she thought, especially as she felt the healing, mission accomplished. Now I can just fade back into the crowd. But what happens immediately after the healing? Her worst nightmare. (laughs) Jesus says, who touched me? You can see her just going, I'm invisible, please put me somewhere else. I'm going, if I'm short, I'm going to hide behind the tall guy or the big guy. And the apostles are kind of like, Jesus. We're in here like this. Who are you talking? Everyone's touching each other. Like I have, We have no idea. And Jesus tells them, I know because power has gone from me. So Jesus is looking for this woman who's been alone, who's been without, who has nothing left, who has only courage and faith. And now... She's trying to hide, and Jesus is saying, come forward, let's get a little stand, and you're going to stand right here. 
She comes, she's trembling, she falls down before him, and she witnesses to what God has done for her in the presence of that throng. How she touched him and was healed. And our Lord says to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Christ's relationship with her, we don't have a conversation like we have in so many other gospel accounts. What our Lord, in engaging with or answering questions or receiving requests, she in silence just touches his clothing. And you may wonder, why does Jesus need to put her front and center to call attention to her? Didn't she get what she needed? She had faith. St. John Chrysostom says that Christ calls forth this woman who's been healed to encourage the faith of Jairus. If you pay attention to what has been happening in this pericope, this throng is kind of the, a theme, right? This pressure, this pressure, this constant. What happens as soon as we have this miracle? What does Jairus hear? Somebody from home saying, Jairus, forget about it. She's dead. Don't worry about it anymore. You imagine Jairus, everything that he, this, tra- this attempt to get to Jesus, to get this man to come and heal. Is this time to just give up? It doesn't end there. When they go to the house, what happens when they get back to Jairus' house? And they hear Jesus say, do not weep. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. What happens from the house? Ridicule pours forth from the house. Can you imagine in the house where they have been preparing for death and a 12-year-old has died that they are ready to pour out ridicule? On one hand, it seems impossible. On another, can you imagine the surge of emotions and just how dare you come in here and say she's asleep, she's dead. All of these voices that Jairus hears which I'm sure he did not need anymore because all of us struggle to have that faith that God can bring life out of death, healing into the wounds. But Christ puts this woman forward so Jairus can see that someone with just a little bit of courage can just touch the hem of the garment and can be healed. We need the example of the courage of this woman. As one who loves Christ and who in faith, despite her ritual uncleanliness, despite having nothing, despite the loneliness and now the crowd, she in great courage approached our Lord. This also shows us that Christ 
and calling out to her and putting her in front of everyone, loves and cares for every single one of us. It is not Jairus. This is a fascinating account. We have a miracle within a miracle, right? We have the encounter with Jairus, and then we have the introduction of this woman who's seeking to be healed, and then we have another miracle. This for Jesus is not a sidestep. This is not kind of, you know, uh, a detour. This is actually the path to the healing and the raising from the dead of this daughter. That he freely heals without even being face to face. This gives us an example of courage based in the love and providence of God and his care for each one of us, that he knows us by name, that he knows every single hair upon our head, that he knows why we cry, he knows why we have hope, he knows everything about us. And there's some fathers in the church who would talk about if it was just you in this world who had fallen away from God, Christ would have died just for you. This woman and this young girl are freed from their suffering, from death, because Christ loves all. But also, on just a practical level, as we kind of throng here at St. Anne's, that we can take this on a different level as well. This woman, in the midst of the throng, reaches out to touch our Lord. And as we throng together, let us not be distracted by all the wonderful little children that run around, or the throng, thronging nature, that's not really a phrase, the throng, what did somebody say? You're trying to make up a neologism too? Okay. To still approach Christ, to descend into the heart, to just reach out and touch him. If your mind wanders, bring it back. Just the little bits of points of contact with him. Here in the liturgy and the womb of the church and throughout our week to go and just be in the presence of Christ. If you are worried or think that you are not worthy of the love of Christ, just pay attention to the words of Christ. Be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. Do not weep. Arise. This is our Lord who descends into our death, into our darkness, and who brings all of his light. And then, I just love how this this encounter ends. Jesus sitting down and eating with the little girl that he's raised from the dead. He heals, he encourages He's in the presence of all the darkness and death and even the throng that wants to ridicule, that wants to put down, that wants to distract. Jesus just with face pointed towards God the Father 
comes and brings light. And then he feeds us. He takes care of us. He encourages us. And then he sits down to eat with us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.